For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Why, hello once again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today. I am your host, Keith Cork. This is brought to you by Sports Ethos, and uh, we're going to be talking about an MLK Day slate. A couple of them, actually. I've got two slates here for you guys, which is a new one. Uh, sometimes we do that, but not too often, so this is a bit of a special episode. Obviously, hopefully, you know, happy MLK Day to you guys, uh, if you have it off. Uh, hopefully, you do. And uh, hopefully you're settled in for a long day of basketball, which starts at, uh, I believe, 12 o'clock. Uh, yep, 12 p.m. my time, central time. So that'd be 1 p.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive into this. I've got two slates here that I'm interested in and found plays on. The first one being the uh, afternoon slate, which starts at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. And then the main slate, of course, which starts at... 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, happy to chat with you guys about all of that. I actually really like the way this is broken out because it's going to be so spread out that we can, you know, it's like uh, March Madness almost where you can kind of catch the end of uh, one game and then hop to the other. Uh, I do prefer to watch the full games if I can, and I probably will watch uh, at least a couple games, um, you know, start to finish. But uh, being able to kind of just tune in and see where everything's at and uh, get caught up and and see the last 20 minutes or so of, of a ball game and then doing that repeatedly for the next, you know, hour and a half or whatever. That's just, uh, that's like happened to me. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. We've got some really good insights for you. If you guys don't already have the DFS Pass, it's five bucks a month. It's at sportsethos.com. Uh, you can also get the Ethos 360, which includes every single thing, which includes our, uh, you know, NBA uh, Fantasy Hoops uh, stuff which we do the layup line every day, which gives you guys kind of a preview of what's going on, people you can stream in from those games. We also give you pickups of the night, people that uh, may have gained value because of a injury or they just have a better, you know, spot in the rotation and we're just noticing that. So um, you're, on the, you're on the front lines there with those two pieces alone. Uh, and obviously we've also got some weekly articles with the uh, Working the Wire and the uh, week ahead from Derek as well. So there's uh, quite a bit of stuff over there, uh, all part of Ethos 360 package. Eth sportsethos.com is where you get it. But let's go ahead and uh, jump into these this DFS stuffy, stuffy, stuffies. Stuffy stuff, stuff, stuffs. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that afternoon game, and uh, or the afternoon slate, which is a three-game slate. Uh, I might have said two games before, I apologize. It's a three-game slate, uh, which is nice. Um, but all three of these games I have at least some level of interest in. Um, there's an earlier slate that I just don't have interest in at all. Uh, so I'm skipping it. I think it's totally fine. This is a three-game slate. This is right in my wheelhouse. I like, you know, three to five-game slates. I get two of them today. This is, MLK Day is the best, man. It's like uh, Christmas morning for, for old Keith here. Uh, but first, we got Detroit and Washington. Let's let's talk about that on this afternoon slate here. 
favorites, 5.5 point favorites are the Washington Wizards in this game. Uh, which is, I mean, this is funny. I mean, how can you favor anybody in this game? I'm not betting that because, like, just how, uh, can you tell me how this game's going to go? Because I, I really have no idea. 241.5 is the game total. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, I think the, the Wizards have kind of uh, realized that it's taking time. And these teams, it's, it's interesting because these teams just trade each other, right? And I think the Wizards have really uh, done the right thing here and realized that, hey, we need to just go ahead and tank and... Um, so they traded away a couple of their veterans, Danilo Gallinari and uh, Muscala, a couple of uh, vets that were just sitting on the end of their bench, for uh, Marvin Bagley and uh, Isaiah Livers. Uh, now, of course, those players will not be playing in this game. We've already gotten confirmation of that. Um, none of them were in the rotation, so <laughs> there's really no effect here. Um, but I think, you know, it does signal for me that the Wizards are ready to embrace that tank. So I've got, you know, a lot of interest on the Wizards side. And first and foremost, I mean, we got to talk about Danny Avija, who just had almost a triple-double, just fell one assist shy, 54.5 DK points. Uh, of course, that's a ceiling game. You know, we can't expect that here, but it is against Detroit. He should have a very good game. If we're looking at kind of a floor, you know, we're looking at like 25 DK points. And uh, I'll take that, man, 6,800 pretty fair price to you know have that peace of mind that i'm going to get at least 25 there with the upside of a 50 burger uh which is always nice of course from a guy that only costs 6.8 so you know i think you'll see his uh, salary continue to rise i think the wizards are going to continue to lean into using him utilizing him on the offensive side of the basketball which is good news for him you know in fantasy or, or daily fantasy i don't know if it's good news it's probably good news for the wizards too because they'll lose basketball games and um and that's what they're trying to do right now. So I'm all about that. Obviously, uh, I'm going to just... I, I listened to the announcer say his name. I just... I can't get myself there, too. I'm just going to call him Belial. Can I just call him Belial? Uh, Belial is the other one here that I'm looking at at 5,000 on the Wizards. And, um, you know, I think this is a kid that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, a riskier play because he does have a very low floor. He doesn't really... He hasn't been aggressive on the offensive end when he gets in. Sometimes he just disappears and take a whole lot of shots. So... Um, 5,000 is kind of a hefty price, in my opinion, to pay for this guy. If he was something like 4,500 to, you know, 4,000, uh, in that price range there, then it'd be more of a lock for me. But, uh, with that price being at 5,000, I mean, you know, get six X, we need 30, uh, DK points. And that's exactly what he got in the last one, which was a good game for him. But the thing is, you know, like I said, the wizards are kind of moving, uh, in that direction of just kind of embracing their youth. So I don't mind going to him a little bit here. I think he's still a very decent play especially in this matchup against Detroit, who is absolutely dreadful. But I do think, you know, um, those are the guys I have the main interest in on, on the Washington side. But I think, you know, if you're looking up and down, I mean, uh, I probably wouldn't roster Kuzma or Poole just because I just don't feel like um, those guys. I mean, you can always roster Poole. Poole's only 6,500. Um, he got 26 minutes in the last game, scored 30 DK points. You know, that's that's kind of a floor there, too. So, um, you know, I'm not... I'm not I don't hate the play of uh, Jordan Poole. I just don't think there's much of an incentive to play him, so that kind of scares me off of him. I just think it's it's just too much risk for me uh, at that price tag. So 6500 for him. I guess I can go either way is what I'm trying to say. Not super into Gafford in this one. He is only 6000 though, so I, don't, I understand if you want to go there as well. 
Uh, Corey Kispert's another guy, forty six hundred. That's uh, just the price is not matching up with what the, uh, you know the kind of ceiling production is going to be for me. So, so that's kind of a, you know where I'm feeling in everybody. I don't think any of those guys is a bad play in a bubble per se. I just feel like um, you know when we're talking about other guys who can get into those spots and everything like that. Um, that's kind of where I land. Out of Detroit, obviously we've still got no Cade Cunningham, and uh, you know Killian Hayes, fifty five hundred seems like he's in the smash spot to me. I know I've um, you know, touted him a few slates already, and um, it's been mixed results. I mean, that's that's Killian Hayes. That's how it is. But there is that ceiling game within him that we haven't seen just yet, where his shot is falling. He's getting confidence, and he's uh, you know getting steals and assists left and right. Um, I don't think he's had a game quite like that yet this season. We'll have to go back all the way to November thirtieth, where he had uh, twenty eight minutes, twenty three points. Um, looks like four rebounds, uh, no, sorry, four assists, uh, three rebounds, a block, and a steal. So uh, 37.75 DK points in that one. So, you know, it, it, it's just that's the kind of thing that, you know, he can explode and, and produce. Uh, that was against the Knicks, by the way. So, you know, I, I don't think there's a guarantee that he does that, but there's always that ceiling there. And the floor really, um, despite him not being a very good shooter it is actually pretty relatively safe honestly at that price tag so um i like me some killian hayes here i've got him in my lineup um Jaden ivy supposedly going to get more uh usage funneled his way which doy no duh i don't understand why this took so long to figure out but he is 6900 um and he's basically scored 40 dk points through three straight games um, of course they're playing the washington wizards here so uh, Jordan Poole is going to be across the way. Tyus Jones. Um, nobody that's really going to you know be imposing on the defensive end. Guards can score against the uh, the Wizards. So I do like him as well. Uh, didn't end up with him in my lineup right now. But that could change. Just depends on you know which way I go with it. I'm sure there will be a few things I search between now and then. Which is why you need the DFS pass. So you can chat with me about it. It's sportsethos.com. Go get it. Um... That's, I mean, you know, I think Bojan Madonovic, I think just the ownership piece of it, people are just going to be all over him. So I, I, I'm just fading him here. I, you know, I'd rather go with an IV at 200 more. Um, but that's just me, maybe. I know he is, uh, I think, believe uh, questionable as well. So that's, you know, interesting as well. Uh, if he doesn't play, then obviously that gives the IV a boost. That gives Killian Hayes a boost. It gives everybody kind of a boost there. But uh, Kevin Knox, 4,800, but also probably get a boost as well. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what they do behind uh, Jalen Duran at the center position. Is James Wiseman going to play the backup minutes? If he is, then 4,000, he does definitely intrigue me in this matchup as well. But since I don't know, uh, they could very well just keep him out of the rotation and play, you know, Kevin Knox at center for all I know. Who knows what they're going to do? But um, it's tough to say, you know, they did just trade uh, uh, Marvin Bagley, but Bagley wasn't in the rotation. So, um just tough for me to say yes or no if he's going to play. If I could guarantee he was going to play, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, I think at 4,000 he's a pretty good play as well. So, hey, if we get news like that between now and then, uh, you can go ahead and slip him into, you know, the maybe uh, bracket there. Uh, New York Knicks and Orlando. This is probably the game I have the least interest in on this uh, this particular slate. Um, but there's still some pretty good plays in here. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a three-game slate, so you do want to try to attack each of these games. You probably can find a piece of each that... Uh, is appealing. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brunson questionable, so if he doesn't play, you know, Randall gets a, a significant boost there, and I, I would think he'd be pretty popular in cash games, and, uh, you know, I would have no problem locking him in myself. So uh, that's always something to consider there. And if he doesn't go, we did see 
uh, McBride, you know, sides the starting lineup and have a really big game. He is now 5,300 though, which is a $2,000 jump. Um, so I'm probably not on that bandwagon, even if he, even if uh, Brunson's out. Uh, just so you guys know, so that's not super into McBride there. Um, but Dante DiVincenzo at 5,700. I did. He saw 33 minutes in the last one, guys. And now, I mean, I didn't buy it. I've had a hard time buying it with Dante over the course of his career. He's never been that dude that'll play big minutes and have big usage. But 14 shot attempts in 33 minutes. Uh, you know, they did win against the Memphis Grizzlies. It was kind of a funky game, but uh, that's back-to-back games of 30-plus minutes for Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, um, which is definitely interesting to say the least. And 5700 is easy, a cheap salary. So uh, I love me some Dante DiVincenzo here. Uh, I think he's probably a guy I'm going to have locked into all of my lineups there. So that's how strongly I feel about him. Orlando side of the ball, um, less interested in really anything going on over here. Uh, Paulo Bancaro, I think at 9,200 is a nice guy to land on here uh, on a three-game slate, you know, just based on what his team needs out of him to stay competitive in this one. So if you're scripting this as, hey, the Magic, despite having no Franz Wagner, are going to keep this close or maybe even win this game, that's going to require a big game from Paulo Boncaro. So I don't mind going to him there as well. Um, anyone else on this Orlando team that I'm really into, though? No, not really. If we get confirmation when Carter Jr. is out, Gorga Patadze still is a nice little kind of low-end center. Um, but I'm not running out of my way to, to get him in my lineups. The, the ceiling hasn't really been there because I mean, it's been still held in check. And that's for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Really, it man. I mean, Cole Anthony can always explode fifty nine hundred, but I just we haven't seen it. He's been pretty terrible recently. So, but you know, you never know if you're going to be super contrarian. Uh, maybe that's a guy that gets kind of low ownership. San Antonio and Atlanta, and I'm going to give you guys. I don't know if I give this spread for the last one. Uh, seven points in favor of the Knicks, by the way. Two twenty one point five for that game total. Uh, Spurs and Atlanta. We have two forty five point five for the game total, and uh, that is you know. And again, Detroit wash Detroit Washington two forty one point five. Spurs, Hawks, 245.5, and you've got Magic Knicks, which is 221.5. So, you know, it's not out of this. It's not crazy to me uh, to say, hey, maybe I snag one guy in that Orlando, New York game. And then I stack up guys in these other two games. I think that's probably the way most people are going to go. And it uh, makes total sense to me. 7.5 point favorites the Hawks are in this one, according to DraftKings. And um, yeah, I mean, I like a whole heck of a lot in this game. Let's start on the Spurs side of the ball. Um, you know, Victor Wembanyama, 9,100, up against the Hawks that are just dismal right now, have no confidence, have no faith in their, you know, other teammates. Uh, I think he can absolutely take advantage of that. I like him here a whole heck of a lot. 9,100 is his salary. Um, he scored uh, basically 50 DK points in four straight games. And, uh, you know, that's consistency, and I know he's he's on a bit of a minutes limit, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if he's going to still produce those big lines in just 20 minutes or so, just imagine, you know, maybe there's a random game where you know, Popovich is like, oh, you know what, we're just going to play him. Just going to play our guy uh, the next minutes here um, because this is a winnable game or because he's playing well, because he's a chance to make history. Um, you, just, you roll him out there for that because, man, that's just 
insane upside if, if that does happen. Um, you know, anyone else on the Spurs side that I kind of feel confident in? That's the question here. And no, <laughs> I really, I mean, I really don't. I think, you know, um, there's some interesting guys at the end of the bunch. I think with Shimpagni and Branham, uh, Jetty Osmond, I'm still onto him as well. He's had some really good games recently. So, you know, this is a game where if you're going to stack up some cheap value on the Spurs side, that's where I would kind of look. Um, because there are guys in that, you know, 3,900 to uh, 4,500 range uh, that you can just stack. And, and, and they're going to get some minutes there. They're going to produce some, you know, lines. Uh, on a three-game slate, you know, you can have some some more openness to punt plays. What's a punt play? A punt play is just basically sliding a guy in there that's going to save you salary to go get another guy you actually really want. Um, but he's not necessarily going to sink you, right? He's not going to have zero points. He's going to have like 15 DK points or whatever, pretty much guaranteed. That's what I view Ajedi Osman as, so I do have him here in my lineup right now. Um, Malachi Branham probably a little bit more, uh, and Jim Paggy probably a little bit more risk, especially with those guys, because they could just be pulled right away. They are young players that are not really that good. They're just playing right now because the Spurs need them to and don't really care about winning basketball games. So um, Osman would be the guy I would kind of... Um, uh, you know, highlighted out of those three that uh, I would trust um, uh, on the uh, Spurs bench there. Uh, and the Atlanta side, um, we do have, it looks like Trey Young, DeJounte Murray healthy for this one, so that's good. No designations here on these guys just yet. Jalen Johnson's the guy we've struck out on in a um, three-state game, so I'm just, I'm not going there. Uh, I think, you know, Young or Murray would be fine. That's I've got no problem with that. The Hawks definitely do need a win here. And this could be a nice bounce back game for them. But the question is, do they have that heart? Do they have that drive? Are they actually interested in, in turning that corner and winning games? Or are they just kind of deflated right now? Uh, knowing that the Hawks are trying to, you know, trade guys and, and shake up the lineup and, and figure out what the heck they're going to do because it's been such a disappointment this season. So, um, you know, uh, City Bay, uh, 5,800. I see you can land on him. Obviously, Bogey Bogdanovich, a 6,200. I've named all of the, um, you know, players. I don't think Capella, um, not, not, not really digging that one or Kongu. I think there's just too much for the split there. And, in what they do, um, you know, one or the other guy could absolutely go off. It's just don't think it's going to come against the Spurs personally. So, um, but I think yeah, any of these other guys, you know, I mentioned they're basically the top, you know, six guys on the Hawks are all definitely uh, one, two, three, four, actually five guys. Sorry, five guys in the Hawks: um, Bay, uh, Bogdanovich, Dylan Johnson, Dejounte Murray, Trey Young. Uh, totally fine to land on any of those guys. I don't feel particularly one way or another about them. But given the game atmosphere and the way that the Hawks uh, need a win, uh, I think I can definitely understand if you're going to play any of those guys. So uh, that's our early slate. Let's move on to the main slate here, and I'll try to get a little move along and see where we are. About 17 minutes. Yeah, we'll try to get this wrapped up here in the next 15 or so. So we'll move, uh, not lightning quick, but a little bit more rapidly. Uh, Chicago Bulls at the Cleveland Cavaliers. My Chicago Bulls at the Cleveland Cavaliers. We've got a... Um, 3.5 point spread in favor of the Cavs. 221 is the game total. And again, the Bulls are just um, underpriced. Uh, you know, I don't think, of course, it's the, the Cavs, so it's not as great of a matchup as the last one. But uh, we still have, you know, Kobe White at 7,200. We've got Zach Levine at 7,300. We've got um, uh, DeMar DeRozan at 7,400. We've got Vucevic at 7,500. Probably not going to go Vuce here against Jared Allen. Jared Allen has been playing very well. Uh, this season in general, uh, of the guys that uh, you know are on the Bulls, I don't think I even mentioned them, but the guy I like the most is Zach Levine. 
at 7,300. Um, he has the most proof. Like, look, he, you know, he wants out, supposedly. He requested a trade. Um, you know, they tried to make that happen for him. Doesn't have the value around the league that we had hoped he would have. Uh, and he's got something to play for. He's been playing very well in the last uh, three or four games, just, you know, with that realization that he has to kind of recuperate his value if he wants to get anywhere. Uh, or if he just wants to be a part of the team again, a part of a you know a winning culture again, which the Bulls have been winning basketball games uh, pretty consistently here recently. So you know I think Levine at seventy three hundred is the guy that really jumps out to me. He should be priced somewhere like in the eight thousands. He is back at full health, full strength, playing full allotment of minutes, which is the most important thing. Only eight shot attempts in the last game, so that was a bit of a letdown. Before that though, forty nine DK points and sixty one point two five DK points. Um, and this guy does have the ability to go off. Like, you know, you can rag him all you rag out of him all you want. And yeah, the defense is atrocious at times and uh the off ball awareness on defense specifically is very bad. But um on the offensive side, he is a three level scorer, absolutely. I've said that. Go back to any of the podcasts I've done in the last three or four years. I've said that every single time. And um, you know, he's he's at, at an elite level doing that. Um, which, you know, you can't you can say that about I would say maybe 20, 30 people, kids, you know, players in the league. So, you know, three-level score, um, I just I just think it's crazy that his price tag is this low. So uh, I'm going to load up on some Zach Levine. I'm going to probably lock him into every lineup I have uh, because I really do want to see him succeed. I think he has the most incentive to succeed. On the Cleveland side of the ball, I am less ambitious about <laughs> or excited about any of these guys. Um, this actually might be a full skip. I know Struess is questionable. So, you know, if he can't go, maybe a guy like Sam Merrill or Karis LeVert steps up a little bit. Those are the two guys I was kind of looking at the hardest at here. But ultimately, I think I'm a pass. You know, the Bulls have been playing really good defense, so uh, not to toot their horn or anything like that. I just think everyone on the Cavs has been priced up appropriately now that, uh, you know, everyone's been out for quite a while. And uh, Donovan Mitchell's going to get the Crusoe treatment. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a thing of beauty. Okay, Boston at Toronto. Uh, this is a really interesting game from a basketball standpoint. From a DFS standpoint, though, um, well, we do have either Brown questionable. So on the Boston side, if he can't go, obviously we want some Tatum on our on our lineups at ninety seven hundred. That's an easy, easy click for us, especially in cash games. Um, you know, another guy I would kind of look at is Peyton Pritchard, who had a big one not that long ago in some garbage time. He does have some skill, man, and I do like his upside um, over a guy like a Hauser. I uh, just think that he has the ability to produce, uh, you know, more varied stats, assists, threes, uh, points. So, um, not looking too hard at any of the rest of these guys, just because it is like up against the Raptors. Uh, and with that, you know, with it being against the Raptors, um, they are a very tough defensive team. And so, it's it's tough to pick out some guys. So, yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's just move on to Miami at Brooklyn. Uh, and this is another game I probably, uh, I mean, I have, I have some interest. Um, I've got some thoughts about this one. Um, on paper though, Miami, Brooklyn, two defensive minded teams might be a tough one. So we're going to get some, uh, ownership, um, uh, what's the word here for here? Ownership uh, opportunities here. We're going to have some, uh, some guys own that other you know teams might not necessarily have on their squads, uh, because people will fade this because of the. Uh, defensive-minded nature of the two teams involved. 217.5 is that game total, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. Two-point favorites are the Nets over the Heat currently. So um, so that's interesting. Um, the <laughs> the uh, Miami Heat. So let me say this. Um, Jimmy Butler 
is traveling with the team from uh, India or is it Indiana or was it? Uh, sorry, I think it's I think it was Indiana. Uh, let me just double check real quick, or maybe it was uh, um, Charlotte. Okay, sorry, Charlotte. They're traveling from um, and they were at okay. They were in Miami, so they were traveling from Miami uh, up to Brooklyn, and Jimmy's doing that at this time of year where there's snow and cold and freezing temperatures. Do we think he's doing that for his health? Do we honestly think he's going to make that trip and not suit up for this game against the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's going to play. Absolutely. He's only 8,100. And, uh, you know, he may be facing a minutes limit. And, you know, I just don't care. I think, you know, a fresh Jimmy Butler is going to be um, a difficult Jimmy Butler to contain. So I do like me some Jimmy Butler here. There's no Jaime Jacques Jr. The way that the Heat practice and push their bodies in practices, um, you know, it, it's it's not, there's no parallel uh, in the NBA. So if he's been doing that with his team, he is capable still of playing, you know, 30 plus minutes. Uh, and, and, if that, and that's fine. If he only gets 30 minutes, um, I still think he produces a very nice fantasy line here for us against the Brooklyn Nets. And without Jaime, I think, uh, you know, they really do need him in there because uh, Jaime was doing an incredible job playing as one of the you know, primary scorers for this team. So look for Jimmy Butler to step in and play. Look for him to have a very decent game. Uh, not super into these other sp- things. I think, you know, Tyler Hero could be another guy, obviously, that could step into some more shooting without Jaime uh, Jacques Jr. available. Um, Duncan Robinson, another guy that could step up. Caleb Merton, another guy that could potentially stand up, uh, step up in that absence. But... Um, but Jimmy's the one guy that I have locked in, and I think he's a very solid play. On the Brooklyn side, I'm not excited about any of the top guys. I fade all the top guys. That's Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton, uh, Mikkel Bridges. Uh, you know, maybe they do have a big game against the Miami Heat. That's doubtful. Um, just not in love with what any of them are doing right now. And instead, I'm going to look at Lonnie Walker the fourth, who. Found himself into, what, 25 minutes in the last game? Yeah, 25 minutes. Ended up scoring 20 points. Of course, he shot the ball incredibly well. 32.25 DK points on that. Uh, Three rebounds, two assists, a block, a steal. But Lonnie Walker has shown the ability to put up really nice fantasy lines in the past. And um, it looks like he's going to do that again here with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn really does need somebody like him that's a spark that can you know get in there and create their shot, create some offense. Um, to really stick into these games because um, right now that's their biggest problem. They just they without Cam Thomas going bananas, they just are not finding a way to score the basketball uh, that well. And Cam Thomas is an interesting guy as well. He's only fifty eight hundred here, but he did have the um, twenty sixty or twenty six actual points uh, in that last game against the Cavs. But you know, um, I really think it just boils down to. Lonnie Walker um, being the guy I'm, I'm really only looking at. I don't trust any Cam Thomas to, to go off like that again, even if somebody's out here and he gets extended, uh, you know, look and, and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, so Lonnie Walker for me is the guy. Let's move on to Indiana at Utah. And uh, Indiana, Utah, we have um, 7.5 point favorites in favor of the uh, Jazz. The Jazz are 7.5 point favorites. And the game total here is 248. So it's a pretty attractive game total there. Uh, and this is a game, you know, I think you want to stack up these guys as well. This game, um, you know, 
maybe the Chicago Cleveland game. I don't know. Mm, tough. That's tough because that's probably going to be pretty low scoring. I really think it just kind of boils down to this game, Indiana Utah. This is the only game that is really like one of those games where it's like, okay, I can stack, the, you know, four guys here and, and feel pretty confident about it because of this game total. So, um, you know, take that into account. I think that's interesting. I think both sides of this ball, you can play virtually anybody. Um, let's just go down the list in Indiana. We've got, uh, of course, um, Miles Turner. We've got T.J. McConnell, uh, Ben Matherin, uh, Ben Nick Matherin, excuse me, Bruce Brown, uh, Andrew Nimbard, <laughs> Buddy Heald, Jalen Smith. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think, you know, any of those guys, as long as not playing, any of those guys, and that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six guys I just named could be in your lineup there. I don't think I would go to Toppin. Uh, that's kind of where the cutoff is for me. But there is one guy below that called off um, that I want to highlight that's actually the guy I'm most psyched about, and that is Isaiah Jackson. Uh, and Isaiah Jackson has been, of course, if you listen to the show the last you know, two or three years, uh, he's been on our radar for, for a couple of years at least. Um, but the minutes are there, 17, 18, 20 in the last three games. Those are his minutes. They're going to climb a little bit. Um, but what we're most impressed about is we're most impressed about his activity where he's getting, you know, Four to nine shots. It looks like twelve points a game in that stretch, which is pretty awesome. Uh, grabbing, you know, three, four, five, six boards, uh, getting us like a assist or two, getting us some blocks, of course, getting us some steals. He had a game in there. We had three steals and or three blocks and four steals, which was absolutely incredible. And you know, just eighteen minutes. Um, and he gets Utah here. And you know, look, he's going to be playing against Walker Kessler. He's going to be playing against Kelly Olynyk. Um, you know, this guy could absolutely do some damage, uh, being a big body down low that, uh, you know, the Jazz just don't, aren't able to contain. I mean, these big bodies really do give them trouble. Um, so I do expect some nice things from Miles Turner in this one as well. And he'd be the, the main, uh, pacer I'd be looking at outside of, uh, Isaiah Jackson if I wanted to spend up here on this game. I think that's the guy I would de- definitely go to, but, uh, but no, Isaiah Jackson, I think, you know, given the fact that, uh, people might overlook him. Um, they might be a little scared because his minutes are down. It doesn't matter because he's a huge permanent guy. As long as he's getting that, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 minute, uh, minutes off the bench, I think he's absolutely fine. On the Utah side, we got Laurie Markin. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and fire up Laurie. Uh, we've got Jordan Clarkson, 6,700. Yeah, absolutely. Go fire up Jordan Clarkson. Fantastic. We've got uh, Colin Sixon, 6,400. Yep, go fire him up. Uh, John Collins. This is where I kind of draw the line. I think this is, uh, we've seen this, and, and this is an interesting, you know, kind of angle to go with, and it's where I'm going with to play this uh, team here. But we've seen this Jazz team, uh, he only played 14 minutes against Toronto. He played 34 against the, the Lakers. He played 24 against the Denver Nuggets. He's played 27 against the Milwaukee Bucks, 28 against the Sixers. Um, I mean, his minutes have been fluctuating a bit, and it's all based on the matchup here. I don't like this matchup for John Collins. I don't. Um, you know, I think it's, um, going to be difficult, uh, as long as TJ McConnell's playing in the game, uh, and I guess if Nimbard's having a good game, you know, if you're getting the pick and roll, I just don't see him able to stop Miles Turner at the rim, uh, or at Isaiah Jackson at the rim. So I do think instead of, uh, John Collins here, we end up getting a little bit more Walker Kessler. And Walker Kessler's only 5,000, and he's got a massive upside, of course. So I do like me some Walker Kessler here. I think it's a risky play, of course. He only had uh, 14 minutes in the last game, 15 minutes in, uh, against Denver, and a couple of games before that. Um, and people are going to be scared off of him, really, really scared. But I don't want to miss the game where he ends up playing 25 to 30 minutes. 
and he ends up just absolutely destroying the slate because he can put up you know 40 dk points in that span uh, i only need to go back to the 18th of december to see a 42.5 dk point day uh, in 32 minutes uh, 45.5 in 26 minutes on the 14th of december 40.5 in 31 minutes so it's really all about you know is he going to play the minutes or isn't he um, the Indiana, you know, this Indiana team, they play pretty big. They've got Jalen Smith out there for minutes now. They've got, you know, Miles Turner out there. Um, they've got Isaiah Jackson coming in off the bench for pretty big minutes. So, you know, it's a pretty big team. I do feel like Hustler is better equipped to play against this team, uh, especially against the, the backup big, I would say, you know, and Isaiah Jackson. So I do like to stack those two. That's what I'm going with. Just to kind of, not, let's not beat around the bush. That's where I'm going is, uh, you know, I like to stack those guys. If they're going to play Isaiah Jackson 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure they're going to play Walker Kessler the full 20 against him as well, and that's going to be a nice matchup for both of those guys. So um, so I do like that um, that angle as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Keontae George, uh, a little risky there, but he had a pretty good game in the last one. Um, you know, Chris Dunn, 4,800. Um, not my favorite play in the world here, but um, has the ability to put up defensive stats, and then uh, that's kind of where I, you know, cut it off. I don't want to go with Kelly Olenek. Uh, or anyone below that, but um, I think any of those guys are really on your radar uh, to fill out your roster, absolutely. And like I said, you can fill up, um, you know, you can stack three or four of those guys pretty comfortably, maybe even five if you like, so. Moving on to the OKC and Lakers game. Um, I mean, I really can't cover this one. It's going to be really brief because we've got so many people questionable. Um, Anthony Davis is actually questionable when he's normally listed as probable, so there is something to monitor there. Uh, LeBron James looks like he's going to be in, but Shea Gildas Alexander on the other side is uh, questionable as well. So um, we really just don't know. Uh, I do like LeBron James in this in this scenario where he had a you know some rest there to get right, uh, and he has a team. His team needs a win, so I, you know feels like he's going to play some pretty big minutes against a, an up and coming team that he's going to look to squash and keep down and and you know try to you know say hey we still got it. So uh, I do like LeBron James here quite a bit. Um, other than that, I mean, it's really tough to say. If Shea doesn't go, obviously we're looking at guys, uh, like Isaiah Joe. Um, he's been very quiet recently, but he does have the ability to pop. Case and Wallace probably come, probably gets the start. He's only 3,900. Um, so he'd be another guy to consider as well. But that's only if we get the news, um, that Shea Gills Alexander is going to be out. But yeah, I would be all over those guys for sure if that, um, if we do get that news in time. So... Um, but that's going to do it for us, guys. That is it. That's my key insights for two different slates, seven uh, games in uh, total. No, I'm sorry, eight games in total. Uh, Three-game earlier slate called the Afternoon Slate and the five-game main slate. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter while I do drop some basketball knowledge, it's at EthosKeith, at EthosKeith. Also follow our show at EthosDFS. That's our show account. And uh, SportsEthos.com. That's where you go to pick up all the goodies. But, hey, until next time, everybody, go get that money.